Be grateful, work hard, and you'll find success. A bear could have more by living with less. And I think that's an important message for young people. But, you know, we talked about my awakening earlier and one of the first really amazing historians I came across. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Otto Gomes Crypto Show. Uh, I'm your host, Otto Gomes. Today, I have an amazing guest. I'm super excited to share him with you guys. His name is Brett Pike, and he's the founder of Classical Learner. In 2019, Brett turned his attention to grassroots change and started Classical Learner. The company has allowed him to spread his unique educational philosophy while working directly with some of the most dedicated and capable parents the world has to offer. In 2021, Classical Learner launched Homeschools Connected, a platform that assists families in finding the best curriculums, resources, games, and education apps available while connecting with other like-minded parents. Brett is the author of the Cubs to Bears children's book series with seven books completed. He now inspires parents and kids alike on TikTok and Instagram with hands-on embodiment challenges and vibrationally worded content that trains true discernment. Ladies and gentlemen, Brett Pike. <laughs> I got toys, bro. I got toys. <laughs> I love it. I got to get you to do intros for me more often. There you go. Everybody says that. That's a guest of mine. They're like, man, you're epic intros, bro. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, brother, for your time and uh, giving me your energy. And this is actually our second time trying this because we had a, a, a technical issues the first time. So thank you for, for making that time again. Um, so let's let's begin. Uh, I'm just super curious about you, your journey, how you got to this point. And I guess the first question is, when was your red pill moment? Go ahead. Yeah, well, I kind of came through the system like everyone else. I did everything I was told to do, right? My parents told me, pay attention in school, go to college, get good grades, and you'll get the job, the white picket fence, the house. And I did all of that, given I, I didn't take school all that seriously for, for most of my life, but there I was with the white picket fence and the house and the affluent town in Long Island and the well-paying job and my dogs and a baby on the way. And I started to look into a few different things that my sister had talked about because she was a vegan and um, she started telling me stuff about the food system. So I started to look into like processed food and red dye 40 and yellow five. I was like, okay, well, you know, there's some validity to some of the things that she's saying. So I kept an open mind and I actually, um, I came across a Ted talk from Bill Gates and he said this wildly radical thing about vaccines and reducing the carbon footprints of people by reducing the population. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should take, you know, take his word for it. So I started to look into that which was, you know, pretty eye-opening to, because at the time, before they censored that type of stuff, all the talks he gave on, like, death panels, which for anyone that hasn't looked into that, it's really creepy stuff where, you know, he basically wants a panel of doctors to decide if 
an old person's life is even worth saving or if they should just let them die. I mean, this stuff is scrubbed mm -hmm. from the internet, but when I woke up, this is all straight out of the horse's mouth. Um, so I started to wake up to that stuff. And then a friend of mine told me that, you know, my understanding of history wasn't up to par. And I, you know, I, I kind of scoffed at him because I got a history degree. I went to school to be a history teacher. So I was like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about, but I'll hear you out. And he pointed me out, uh, he pointed me toward this guy, Richard Grove in the Tragedy and Hope podcast. So I gave Richard a listen because my mind was starting to open. You know, when you first wake up, you, you don't really have an open mind, but it was beginning to open. That seed had been planted. So I was like, all right, let me look into what this guy, Richard Grove, is saying. And, you know, he said a few things that were very different than my understanding of history, but I thought, well, I, you know, I'll prove this guy wrong. I'll, I'll show my friend he's an idiot. And after a few days of getting back to primary documents, which I was very good at, I realized that I was the idiot. And at that time, I realized that most of what I had been told, most of what I had been taught by these institutions that I had been conditioned to trust was wrong. And this was the real crossroads because I realized I could just say, okay, well, this guy's saying this, the institution's saying that. Or I could really evaluate my own thinking process. And mm -hmm. I went on a journey of making sure that not only I understood the world, but I had what I call intellectual self-defense. And I could really understand the world around me so that I could avoid being fooled. And then, you know, once you go black, you never go back. Well, once you wake up, you, you never go back. And life's been great since. Yeah, once you once the once the eyes wake up, you can't go back to sleep. There's no way. It, it, it hurts to do it. <laughs> it. It actually puts you in a state of disease if you do that. Um, I love that you said that intellectual. Uh, I'm sorry. You said intellectual protection, or what was the words? Intellectual. Yeah, intellectual self defense, and I'm actually teaching. Self defense. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, right before I got on here, I was teaching a course for middle school students on foundations of logic, and. I talked to them about intellectual self-defense and I gave them the scenario in which they turn on the television and maybe it's a new broadcast, a news broadcaster or someone else. It doesn't really matter who it is, but you turn on the television and they say, all birds have wings and they show you a picture of a dog and they say, look at this bird. And you recognize that's if interesting. All dogs have, if all birds have wings that dog doesn't have wings. That's not true. And then what I did, I was really excited about it. I had a graphic of the TV broadcaster with the dog and I pushed a button and I just put a big red X over the picture. I said, <laughs> that's your intellectual self-defense. You don't take what people say to you as truth. You verify it for yourself. And if you find any logical inconsistencies, that's okay. You just, put that in your mind as something that is not true and you'll find the truth. Ah, oh, I love that you're doing this because you've like, you're taking what's happening in real life and, uh, and uh, there are adults, right? We call them adults. Adults are falling to these, to these, uh, these fallacies. But so you're taking the concepts, right? The, how they're doing it and bringing it to a more rudimentary level to be able to be, to see the obvious in it. I mean, that example is, is so great. Here's a picture of a bird with wings and it's a dog. And it's like, 
it should you should have that 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 hit right that intellectual defense hit um but yeah most adults don't do that don't they don't see through it um but you're you're nipping it at the bud what what inspired you to focus on the kids yeah well my background you know before i woke up to the world was i wanted to be a teacher and Mm. i you know, I wasn't much as a, of a student growing up. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I didn't take stuff that seriously. And I actually think that worked to my advantage. I think that's why I was able to have an open enough mind to start looking into things. You know, I, I remember I was in elementary school and I get called to the principal's office and the school psychologist is there, the principal's there, my parents. And they say, you know, Brett really bounces off the walls. He doesn't sit still in class. You know, we want to to put them on these pills. And my mom says, I said, Oh yeah. Do you, do you have the bottle? Can I take a look at it? And they say, Oh no, Mrs. Pike, we don't, we don't have the bottle. She says, that's good. Cause I was going to shove it right up here. <laughs> so you know, ah. so I, I kind of, I did my own thing growing up and I was a B student and I went to college cause I was told to, but I, I was really just interested in girls and alcohol at that time in my life. And, um, Anyway, so I was like, I don't know, I'll be a teacher. And, you know, I started taking school a little bit more seriously around my junior year. And then by the time I graduated from my master's program, I had a 4.0 GPA, won the award for the number one student in my program. And I remember after I graduated, and I hadn't even woken up yet, by the way. And I remember after I graduated thinking, man, you know, I started taking school seriously a few years ago. And I don't feel prepared for the real world at all. I don't feel like I have any skills. You know, I don't think I know much, but I, I did go through my awakening and I, I was in the school system and I was like, man, I really don't like this system. And it's like, I guess that's what people do though, right? They go to work for 45 straight years doing something they don't believe in. But then with my awakening, it just, you know, the switch kind of flipped. And I said, you know what, mm-hmm. if I don't like the deck of cards, I'll just flip the whole damn table over and we'll start a new game. And that's, that's what we're doing. Oh, yeah, that, that reminded me of a meme that I saw where it's like uh, the elites are playing Monopoly and the table that the that the board is on is a bunch of humans on all fours. And it's like, all we got to do is get up, y'all. <laughs> all we got to do is wake up and we make a new game. Um, no, I love this. I love this because, you know, one of the things that I, I really want for the next generation and the next generation moving forward, like my, my, my children and my children's children, is to not have to go through an awakening, you know? I don't want them to have to struggle through. Uh, they're going to have struggles. I mean, anybody that is born into this reality is born with into some sort of struggle. But but I want them to have the tools to take on the struggles and to be able to move through the struggles uh, and not have to go through an awakening process. So I love that you're you're focusing on that and that next generation. Yeah, well, you you brought up the right word. It's about giving the next generation the tools. Because even you and I as awake people, right? There's things that we believe right now that 10 years from now, we'll look back and say, what were you thinking? And there are things that I'll teach in my courses, not on, not intentionally, but I know there's things that I'll teach right now that 10 years from now, I'll look and be like, oh, why did I teach the kids that? That was wrong. Right. Because as you grow as a person, you learn things. But if instead of focusing on, hey, you know, this is the worldview we have to espouse to the children, you focus on giving them the tools 
arming them with the tools of intellectual self-defense. I always tell parents, early childhood, you know, they, they have children do all this memorization, memorize this historical nonsense or memorize this scientific theory as a fact. What, what if we scrapped all that and we focused on critical thinking and the process of learning? Mm. And when we studied history, instead of being so focused on this is the history you have to regurgitate and repeat back to, repeat back to me, we focused on this is how you get back to primary documents. And when we study science, instead of focusing on, you know, this theory or that theory, we focused on there's this thing called the scientific method. And it's not just this mythical unicorn. It's something that you can implement every week as you're growing up in your homeschool. I, I put together these science experiments, and they're all about the method. And parents at home using the materials they already have available to them are able to teach children using the scientific method. The science we teach our children is more important. I'm sorry, the, the way we teach our children science is more important than the science we teach them. The way, oh, that's great. The way we teach our children history is more important than the history we teach them. We can make them into critical thinkers and arm them with the tools, the word you brought up, with the tools they need to navigate in this very confusing, manipulative world. I love this, man. I love the conversation. This is exactly um, really what I'm, I'm focused on right now myself, but just for more for adults uh, so that they can teach their kids. But, but yes, that the, the path of, of giving the tools so that you're, they're thinking for themselves so that they are critically creating, you know, um, you call it the scientific method. In my opinion, and this is just my perspective of your work, but you, it's almost as if you've, You've created a path of education that is like teaching them how to practically manifest, how to actually, how to actually, because you know, when you go to school, education, the education system, it's all up here. It's all intellectual. It's all like theory. You're not, you're not doing any hands-on work. And, and in this reality, at least to my perspective, in my opinion, it requires doing, it requires verbalizing, it requires actually uh, embodying the information. And so you've created a path for that. That's very unique. And I love it. Yeah. Well, children should spend a lot less time in the classroom and a lot more time in the real world. And as I started mm -hmm. building out original curriculum and I build it out myself. And when I bring people in and I speak to them about what is the criterion, what are we trying to do? What I tell them is that we empower children to learn through hands-on learning and interacting in the real world. And an example of that is this year, we've been doing what's called our year-long nature unit study. And it started out in the beginning of the year with children learning about maps. And then they went outside and they drew a picture of their entire property. They used a compass, you know, and they identified the South, North, East, and West. Then the next day, they woke up early in the morning, looked at the sun in the sky, is wow, you know, the sun's in the east. And then every hour on the hour, they track the sun in the sky and put that on their map. They use that to choose the best garden location. We had them. Not <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. I'm sorry to react, but that's amazing. Not just start a garden, but we had them construct garden boxes using hammer and nail construction. And now you'll learn to, to calculate surface area so you can figure out how many seeds you're going to plant. 
They learned how to look up their planting zone, figure out what they wanted to plant, start their little sprouts inside. We had them plant in mason jars so that they could actually see the roots coming down. They could see the sprouts going up and learn about the process of the cycle of life, a plant, a plant cycle. So they moved their plants outside. That's when we had them study photosynthesis. We had them study soil biology, composting, doing real composting. We had them make fertilizer out of used banana peels, out of eggshells, out of coffee grinds. We had them study how to identify nutrient deficiencies in their plants by reading the coloration on the leaves. They studied the entire biome. Wow. Good garden bugs and bad garden bugs. How to attract ladybugs, which you want in your garden, by building a ladybug feeder or making one out of wood. And then we showed them how to go on to Etsy and look up ladybug feeders on Etsy. And, oh, shit, look, people sell them. And then to point out, look, <laughs> so cool. you just made something that people sell online for money. And we show them all types of craft projects we do where we then show them not only that you can do this, but this is where people sell things. In fact, with our nature unit study, we did an end of summer um, business activity. I don't know what I call it, but we did an end of summer entrepreneurial activity. Every student in the program and they took the crops that they grew and they could really go any direction they wanted. But some of them did farmer's markets. Some of them did bake sales, whatever they wanted to do. But they took what they grew and they sold it for profit in the real world because we want to show them how capable they are of doing things in the real world. And while they're doing this, they're developing their critical thinking faculties. They're developing skills which I always tell parents, skills over subject matter, not that subjects don't matter. We learn both, but we learn skills. Mm -hmm. We're not putting them to the side and we're getting them entrepreneurial experience. And if you want me to talk more about that three-point system that I really believe in, I'll get into that, but I don't want to filibuster you too long, but I'm very passionate. No, I, I definitely am going to go back to that for a sec in a second, but I, I love this. I love that that you're, you're cre you've created this path for them to um, tap into real-world resources to start implementing real-world resources as they're getting educated in it. I mean, just the Etsy thing that you said, like, oh, look, they're, they're there's people that sell these these feeders. I can only imagine them going, but I just made one. That means I can, I can sell mine? You know, they're like just connecting their own dots. Um, that's powerful. I mean, that is, you can't, you can't teach that. You can't teach those dots to connect. You have to create the environment for it and, and hope that it happens. <laughs> but that's, that's powerful, brother. I, I wow. Uh, so tell me, tell me the three points. I actually want to know, know that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many business people or how many people, young people take out a hundred thousand dollars in debt to go to business school and they find themselves at 23, 24 years old with an MBA and they still don't know anything about business because for anyone that's done business, like I own a business, there is no amount of reading in the world that could educate you like doing it because what you learn, I'm sure you know this, what you learn when you run a business is for everything you do, a thousand other scenarios and problems and they all arise and you have to learn on the fly and adjust. And 
we can do that with children from a young age so that they have the experience that they'll know how to do, they'll know what to do when they're older and they'll develop even more important than the experience. They'll develop the mindset of abundance, right? When they, when they make that ladybug feeder and they look on Etsy, that's planting a seed in their mind. And five years later, when they do something or have that idea, they're going to say, I remember that. I know what I can do. This is what I love. What I love is that, is that, um, oh man, I just had that epiphany. Okay. So current education system, it's making cogs in a machine. It doesn't want you to think critically. It wants you to, to take the information and then just execute. So it's almost like the current education system is facilitating externalization of self-worth. It's making it so that they believe, Hey, if I don't, if I don't touch on these systems, if I don't use these systems that I'm being taught, I'm not going to be successful. I'm not going to be worthy where the way you're teaching it is no, all the, all the, all the power, all of the value, the worth is coming from inside of you as you create, as you're putting this stuff together, it's coming from inside of you to then you can then go and sell it, sell that energy that you just put out of your body. Uh, so that's, that's a, that's huge. I mean, that, you're literally flipping the whole thing on its head. Yeah. Well, the number one lesson taught in the public school system is that truth comes from authority, whether that be the authority of the teacher, the authority of the textbook, but truth comes from authority and children are taught to be emotionally dependent on authority. So if they get mm. that A back, they get that letter grade, right? Well, now they're said to be one of the smart ones. Now, really, all they did was memorize something and they don't know anything. It's why half of America can't answer a question on, are you smarter than a third grader? Because the education system <laughs> is that broken, right? But you become emotionally mm-hmm. dependent on authority and, and that's training you to be dependent on the boss. It, it starts with you go to school, you sit where you're told when you're told to sit there. You only do the assignments that the teacher tells you to do. Well, you go to work, you sit where you're told to sit. You only do the assignments that the boss tells you to do. You're not trained to work for yourself. Well, if the teacher gives you an A, you're smart. They give you an F, you're stupid. Well, if the boss says you did a good job, you know, you're smart. If the boss says you did a bad job, you're stupid. They are training you to be a corporate worker bee who never learns to thrive and be independent. But they suck. And we as parents could do a much better job. And what I try to coach parents on, I try to really almost, I love the saying, keep it simple, stupid. And what I try to coach parents on, that's, and that's, by the way, that's not to the parents, that's myself. Like anyone who sees my teaching style, it's really simple. Everyone tries to overcomplicate things. You do three things. You focus on critical thinking in the process of learning. Don't worry about memorization so much. I mean, you could do some of it, but critical thinking in the process of learning. You focus on skill development, skills over subject matter, not that subject doesn't matter, but we want carpenters, we want plumbers, we want artists, we want musicians, we want computer coders, we want hair cutters, we want, you know, we want people that are capable of taking what's in their mind and producing it in the the physical world, and we want entrepreneurial experience. You take critical thinker with skills, with entrepreneurial experience. And I will show you someone that will be independent when they're 18 years old. They will not be reliant on the government. They will not be reliant on corporations. 
and they won't even be reliant on you as the parent. That's the goal right there, man, is cutting dependency. Um, the, the less we're dependent on central systems, the more we can create regenerative uh, energy for ourselves, you know, flow the flow it back into ourselves. So this is powerful. I, and I love this, uh, critical thinking, skill development, entrepreneur experience. I feel like I've just recently started skill development <laughs> or entrepreneur. See, that's what I'm saying, right? Like we, I, I went, I got educated in the system. I went to college. I spent 60, $70,000 on a degree. Uh, I'm using zero of it and I'm in debt. <laughs> well, I'm not in debt anymore. Uh, most people are in debt. And so um, this path gives them a path to be self-sufficient and not be reliant and not have to go through the, the normal system, the normalized systems that we've all glamorized so much. Yeah, I mean, you think about what the system does. And from the time children are little, they say, you have to go to college or you won't be successful in life. And they tell you that in third grade. And they tell you that in fourth grade. And they tell you that in fifth grade, in sixth grade, in seventh grade, eighth grade all the way through high school. They'll say, you pay attention, you go to college, or the only thing you'll be able to do is ask people if they want fries with that. And then they turn on the television and you see all the commercials. The first person in my family to go to college and their parents and every authority figure in their entire life tells them, if you don't go to college, you will be a failure. All the while, Children are taught nothing in terms of the basics of financial literacy. And when children graduate high school, by the way, they shouldn't just know the basics. They should be 100% financially literate. Well, schools don't even teach the basics. They don't teach what a loan is. I mean, they might cover it once for six months in um, 12th grade economics class. Well, if that's all you're doing, you're not really teaching it. It should be their entire childhood. So... They're 18 years old, 17 years old, and they apply to college because that's what they're told to do. And they're told to sign in this dotted line and they have no comprehension of the amount of money they're about to have loaned to them, that it's the only form of loan that can't be forgiven. They don't know how interest works and how that's going to be working against them. And they sign on the dotted line and... By the time they're 22, 23 years old and they realize what happened, it's already too late. And they look back and they say, why didn't anyone sit down with me and do a cost benefit analysis? Why didn't anyone sit down with me and say, you're taking out this money in student loans for a career that doesn't pay enough to pay it back? And when you see that, once you see that and you realize how broken the system is, you'd realize you can't put your children through that. And, you know, the biggest factor of all that is, is inflation because you have, you have parents and grandparents going, yeah, go to college. Yeah, dude, you, you, you'll be fine after when you get, when you get, if you get the degree, you'll get the job and then you can pay it back quickly. It's not the same reality as it was when they went to school. When they went to school, um, yeah, they'd get a job that could, you could pay it in six months, even the debt that you had for school, but not now, not right now because of inflation. And even because of, you know, the amount of jobs that exist because of, of you know, the lockdowns and then everybody just changing up everything, uh, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible to pay back the, that loan because of the interest that, that's on top of the loan that you're making. You're like, my, my, my partner, she pays an amount that 
you know, you, you think it's like a thousand bucks. No, there's like $900 in interest and a hundred goes to, to, to the, to the actual, um, principal. So I agree, man. I think, uh, the education of discernment, like to, to teach these three that you mentioned, I feel like what it's doing, it's, it's ingraining discernment. It's giving them the ability to really like check this doesn't feel good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting information. Something doesn't feel right. Let me investigate, you know, and that's it. That's all. That's all it is. That's all you need is the ability to be curious and not just, you know, uh, immediately go to whatever's told you. And by the way, we got to get a ring on that partner of yours because we need more good people <laughs> in this world. So get a ring on that girl. Have some fun. Make lots of babies because that's how we win, baby. And, you know, I speak to so many people who are like, I guess I look into Babylon and I see these people who, who think we're in this dark place. And I'm like, man, you should see the world through my eyes because I surround myself with homeschool parents. They have four, five, six, seven, 10, 11 children. I, I know a ton of these people. They, they farm, they homestead, they grow their own food. They start their own businesses. And I'm like, man, the future's not dark. The future is bright. And the more good people that get on board, the brighter it's going to be. So do it, brother. I love that. <laughs> you know, you're like the 10th person recently that told me, put a ring on it, bro. What are you doing with your life? Um, <laughs> Some little autos, man. I, I know, man. I, dude, since I, I, I so I, 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 you probably don't know this about me, but I, I grew up Pentecostal Christian and I taught children's ministry for almost a decade. So I was going to like 400 kids every, every Sunday. I would show up and I would put on a costume. I had maybe 40 different characters that I would do depending on what illustrated sermon we were, we were teaching. So I resonate with the way that you teach so much because I did a lot of it myself. It, it was, it had to do with religion, it had to do with being a Christian, but, but the concept the the structures were exactly the same. Um, and, and, um, ever since I worked as a kid, cause I started working, when I was like 13 years old, I think, or 14 with that, um, that, um, that, uh, uh, community that, that those people, I wanted kids when I was a kid. So I've, I've wanted kids ever since. Um, it's definitely something that is on my path for sure. I mean, there's nothing better. It's like people say it as a cliche. I'm like, I'm sure some people say it because they're supposed to. Like, it was the best day of my life. But it really is the most amazing, rewarding thing. And like the experience itself is nice. But then it's just the little things. After like, you know, a lot of times... I'll be up before the family and my son will walk downstairs and he sees me and, you know, he sees me constantly. I mean, my God, we homeschool. I'm with him all the time. And he just, his face just lights up with a smile. He's like, dad. And it's like, that's what living's about. That's what we got to build for. And we need a lot more of that in the world and a lot less um, hookup culture. I love it, man. I, I want to kind of give a quick break here. Cause I want to, I want to, I want to show people your account and where they can find you and all the good stuff that you offer. Uh, so right here, isn't that cool? I can show my phone now. I love, love it. <laughs> so this is, this is, um, this is his, his Instagram account, classical learner, homeschooling, homeschools connected curriculum. Uh, he has, you give, you give out so much free information here. Um, most of these, let's see the most recent one here. Let's see what you have to say. 17, it's not about 1776. It's about teaching the next generation what 1776 required. These were people that remained economically strong 
in the face of repressive taxation. And they were able to do that because the manner through which they lived their lives. These were tradesmen, craftsmen, entrepreneurs. They cut down wood, built their own houses, made their own food. These were independent people and they were rooted in high trust Christian community. And because of that, they were able to rely on themselves and they were able to rely on one another. And that combination put them in a strong enough position that they were able to defeat the strongest military in the history of the world at the time. Your freedom doesn't come from voting. It comes from the way in which you live your life. Check out my private homeschool community and Cubs to Bears books. Whoo, powerful. Goodness gracious. I love it. And, and you just mentioned there at the end that the, the bear, the Cubs to Bears books uh, let's click on your link here so you can, we can we can check it out. Uh, my favorite one, and that's I'm a little biased because I'm I talk about crypto and 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 the banking system. That that oh, this is my favorite right here. The right to bear or I'm sorry, the the bear from Jekyll Island. And I want to just kind of give a uh, I'm going to read this little part here because I think it's really interesting. Georgia Bear was just doing his job when he witnessed the pigs conspire to take over the piggy bank. It wasn't long until Warm, Chipmunk, and all of the other animals would fall into debt. Only the bears turned away the pigs' bank's loans. Then the farm had a drought. You can guess what happens next. I love it. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and, and you even say it's a, it's a tribute to the creature from Jekyll Island, uh, uh, G. Edward Griffin's book, which talks about the creation of the Federal Reserve. Um what inspired you to go into each of these specific topics of, of the seven books? Yeah. I mean, my favorite line from that book is um, be grateful, work hard, and you'll find success. A bear could have more by living with less. And I think that's an important message for young people. But, you know, we talked about my awakening earlier and one of the first really amazing historians I came across when I started to wake up was G. Edward Griffin, and I know you're familiar with his work, but everyone should read The Creature from Jekyll Island. And to me, when I started making the Cubs to Bears books, there were just a few, a few things that I've learned in my adulthood that I, I thought back, man, I really should have known that when I was a kid. And I wanted to put it in books so that children could be exposed to it at a young age. And that was... Um, Operation Mockingbird and the church committee and how the media have been documented to take bribes and be corrupt. Like it's congressionally documented. It's, it's not really up for debate. And um, the creation of the monetary system, because everyone lives their entire lives chasing money. And it's like, wh where does this money come from? Where do these federal reserve notes come from? And what are they? And what I try to do with the Cubs to Bears books is in a very child-friendly way, I create a framework that is fiction, but it mimics reality. So as the children are reading the books, it's, it's cool, it's fun, they like it. But as they start to get older, it starts to have more and more meaning to the children. And it kind of gets into that theory behind in classical education where, for those of you not familiar, 
the elites in this world have been educated with a classical education, which is the trivium, for many years mm. of, of grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And in the grammar phase, which is up until grade four, um, children, one, they're tasked with mastering language, the written word, right? But another part of that is they memorize stories. They learn the stories of the world, Greek mythology and you know, all, all of these amazing stories, Aesop's fables, that stuff you should read as a kid. And then as they get into the logic phase, which is fourth, fifth grade through middle school, now that they know the stories, they start to analyze those stories. And these myths, as you grow in your cognition, right, they start to take on more meaning. And I wanted to create kind of the modern myths, right? this modern framework for this is the world you're going to be brought up in. This is the world we live in right now and learn these stories. And as you get older, you'll really start to understand the framework, the base, the foundation that these books were given to you so that you could say, Oh, I get it. I understand how the world works. And now I'm going to be a human wrecking ball of individual Liberty. You know what I love is that because you are, you are, you're creating the new myths, essentially. Uh, I can only imagine a hundred years down the road, the Brett Pike of a hundred years from now are gonna, is going to go, well, they used to do trivium and, and, and essentially now, now, now let's look at this, this, this uh, myth here. It's a uh, cubs to bears by, <laughs> I love it. I... because, because that's what you're doing. You're, you're literally, you're solidifying the, the truth about this reality so that future generations can look back on this moment and learn from it and not this fake news, fake, fake reality that the mainstream narrative is trying to solidify and push. So we're, we're super grateful for you, Brett, seriously, for creating, for creating these books and creating this path for, for the next generation. I hope you don't mind the United States fighter jet flying over my head. I'm sure it's pretty loud in your end. As soon as you started talking, I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> that, uh, that's your taxation. It's theft at work right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, well, let's take a, let's take a, uh, this chance to pivot a little bit. Um, I, I did have a question about, because you know, you, you started speaking out and you started sharing this information with the public. Have you had any experience with, um, uh, shadow banning, suppression, uh, censorship, anything like that? Yeah, of course. You know, I, I take it as a badge of honor. Cause if I hadn't, I would start to question myself. I'd be like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're not, then you're, if you're not, if you don't have that, then you, then what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had my first TikTok account, which is where I really blew up originally. And I had 80,000 followers and that got shut down overnight. And at the time that was scary and it was very upsetting. Um, but what I found is that my message is so powerful that I can't be repressed. And um, I was able to bounce right back and I, I grew another TikTok account to 80,000, which event again got nuked overnight. I grew another one to 150,000. I have a, a tick, uh, uh, Instagram account, which is, I don't know, like 47,000 followers. And, um, I just started a new, oh yeah, guys, get up. Can you guys get on this? I just started a new YouTube page. Homeschools Connected, it is all, and I'm going to be disciplined with this, although I'm kind of like a chicken with that head. I'm like a bull in a china shop sometimes, but Homeschool What's Connected, it called? It's on YouTube. I made it. I started it last week. I have three videos up right now. 
all parent education, how the, the 101 of homeschooling, how to be a better parent educator so that you as a parent know what to do. And, and as Otto said in my Instagram videos and my TikTok videos, I'm not really the type, I don't hold back information and say, well, if you get behind this paywall, I'll give you the information. That's not my style. Like I pour it out to you. I provide value, value, value. And my business strategy is basically when people see who I am, when they see into my soul, there's no, there's no way on this earth that they don't want me on, on their team to help them educate their child. And, um, I've, I've grown a really big community and we're like-minded and we trust one another and we're going to build the world our children deserve. I love that, man. And I, and maybe, and I'll share this piece of information that I just came to, or this realization or awareness that I got recently that really helped solidify my ability to like, not be hesitant with the information, like really let it flow. Um, what I've, the statistics that I've seen recently, I've done research is that we, because of the internet, we started off with like individuals creating their personal brand, right? First you had like the companies with their products, uh, corporations, and then you had personal brands, which they kind of came because of the corporations. They started hiring celebrities and people to, you know, represent their products. And then people started following that person. And then whatever that person is doing, they're like, all right, whatever, we're just going to follow you. It became a personal brand where now we've shifted, we've shifted into this concept of the digitization of reputation. So personal brand, it was all about the information, like who has the best information, right? They're, everybody was looking for the best information. Now, because there's so much information, like we're being bombarded with this chaos of information, it's not about the information anymore. People are not, they don't care if you know something or not. Anybody can go to Google and pull up the information instantly. It's about who's sharing the information now. What's that person's reputation? Who are they in real life? Um, I saw something like, the numbers were something like uh, uh, people want uh, 70% or something, 60 to 70% of people want their medical doctor to have an Instagram account where they can see their life so that they know who they're dealing with. So don't feel the hesitancy of sharing information. People don't, it's not about that. It's about the passion that's coming with the information and the way that you deliver it. So Yeah, and, and quite frankly, with what I do, I want to, like, I think people, even in their local towns that send their children to public schools, I think part of the criterion of being a public school teacher should be that you have to make yourself accessible to the parents. They should know who's educating their children. Well, I run a homeschooling company. I'm Brett Pike. I'm classical learner. And I put myself out there as an open book. I want people to know where I come from. Like people are like, oh, you know, why do you? why do you put your books at the end of all your videos? Like, yeah, well, on the one hand, I want to sell my books. But on the other hand, I like people to know where I stand. Like, this guy is passionate about the First Amendment. This guy's passionate about the Second Amendment and my right to bear arms. He um, doesn't believe mainstream narratives. He thinks the media is corrupt. He um, thinks the food system is corrupt. Like, I want people to understand where I'm coming from when I educate their children. And if I'm not for them, then I'm not for everyone. That's fine. Like, I always tell which is which is it's so funny how opposite it is of how it always been yeah. uh, up until recently. It's always been like, oh, don't share your opinions. Don't share your opinions because 
because they'll cancel you. You're going to get canceled. Uh, but here, here are the statistics. I wrote it down. 68% of America want their doctor to have a personal brand. 58% want their lawyer. 55% their financial advisor. Um, reputation precedes revenue. It's all about trust. That's what's happening right now. People want their trust, the trust with those with those people to be built. And if they don't know who you are, it, it, it's not going to be the same level of trust. It's not going to be the same level of want um, to to connect with the person. So keep going, Brett. Like what you're doing is powerful. And, and you know what you just showed? And I really, I can't stress this enough because we talk about financial literacy, but one of the traps of the system is that they try to make young people believe that money is wealth, money is the only currency. And the truth is there are many currencies and trust is a very high value currency. Community is a high value currency. Family is a high value currency. And the more people that realize that, the more wealthy people will see. And I, I make it a point to the members of my community, we need to teach our children the value of these things from a very young age. Like children should be involved in their community. They should know their neighbors. One of my favorite things that I've done was I planted 100 seeds, lettuce seeds in individual containers. And I did this with my son and they, they only took a week or two to sprout their lettuce seeds. So Mm -hmm. routed them. We put them in a big box and we walked around town knocking on doors and giving people their own free lettuce plant that we planted for them. And I wanted to teach my son from a very young age, the value of community. And the coolest part of the experience is the battery in my car had died. And I went to one of my neighbor's houses and I gave them this lettuce seed. And he was actually outside working on his car and i was like i was like oh man you know my car actually just died he's like what's the problem so i go over it with him he says you know i said i'm gonna have to buy a new battery he goes no you don't have to buy a new battery I'm like what do you mean he goes I i'll be at your house in a few minutes meet me over there he's like all right so the guy shows up at my house and he has i don't want to butcher this but it's basically a charger you plug it into the outlet and then you attach it to your battery and after 12 hours, it recharges your battery. Well, 12 hours later, my car turned on and he saved me. That's epic. Yeah. It was like a hundred bucks or something, right? For, for a new battery. So he just saved you a hundred bucks or so. Yeah. Um, $200. That, yeah. 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 Uh, it's, that's powerful. You know, I, that's an example of bartering. You know, you, you bartered and you did something that nobody loses, right? A bartering system. Nobody loses. <laughs> um. But that's 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 the direction we're moving towards, in my opinion. We're like to be able to get to a point where we don't have to use these systems and start to use our own um, our own skills and our own products and our own services in our own systems. That's why I talk about crypto <laughs> and why I teach that because we can create our own systems. Exactly, we um, build systems outside of the beast. Like everyone, like you said, with the crypto, people complain about the financial system. We'll do something about it. People complain about the education system will do something about it. They complain about media. We'll do something about it. And for anyone out there who's like, well, Brett, I can't start my own homeschool company or I can't start my own media company or I can't start my own social media company. Yeah, but you could support Andrew Torba 
right? You could support what he's doing with Gab. He's building his own payment processors. Um, you could support people who are building grassroots media like Unbearables Media, Unauthorized.tv, uh, Tragedy and Hope and uh, Grand Theft World, that Richard Grove and them are building over there. Like, support what you love and it will build. You know, it's so funny as someone who's been building a grassroots company, I've been offered investment and I've turned it away because I want to build from the grassroots level and I don't want to be controlled. I've been able to go to the bank and get a loan. I haven't done that because I don't want to be controlled. And what I've been doing is basically taking the money I make from subscriptions and selling books and investing it back into putting together lesson plans, unit studies, courses, um, improving our infrastructure, right? And I'm slowly building out the education system. So I have a unique perspective because I see, I was like, man, if, if the 250,000 people that really believe in what I'm doing all just said, you know what, I'm going to give Brett $10 a month, right? What I would do to the education system within 12 months, people, they can't even fathom it. And I, I see that because I've been building it out slowly, but surely. And it's so interesting to me how people just, they don't see how powerful these little, like you support Torba. You look what he's doing. He's, he's built out a free speech platform and I know, you know, he's controversial and you know, there's like a lot of hateful people on there. Yeah. That's the price of free speech, right? A lot of hateful people on there. And, and, but what he's doing, he's actually built out a free speech platform. He's built out their own payment processors. Like you're talking about getting around like these companies like Stripe and MasterCard, like this, this is unbelievably powerful stuff. And people just don't see like, oh, wait, if we all just supported a few good people, they could change the whole world. And it's like, we are so powerful. And people are Yeah, my, my opinion, it's like a mix of complacency and dependency. When you're complacent, what do you, why, why change things? I'm good. I feel great. And then dependency is like, I don't want to get rid of the system where I'm thriving, where I'm making all my money. Um, so it's almost like uh, things need to get worse before they get better. <laughs> people need to get shaken up a little bit more before we start to implement uh, in reality all of these things that we're building now. I wish it wasn't like that. I wish it would be sooner, but the path seems the way. <laughs> um, I love this. I love the conversation. Um, I, I, I want to end it with a, with a couple more questions just so that people can get more information around you. So with everything that you've experienced so far in these last couple of years, speaking out, building what you're building, um, what's happening with current events, how do you see us moving forward as humanity? Uh, do, you, do you see this just getting darker and darker and things just getting with more fear? Or, or do you actually see us uh, disconnecting? Or both? I don't know. Maybe there'll be both happening at the same time. Yeah, you know, tough times make tough people. And then those mm. tough people do such a good job that they make good times, easy times. And those easy times make weak people. And then the weak people they mess up and they make tough times, but then the cycle restarts. And what I tell parents is this is the best time to have and raise children because with everything that's happened in the last few years, we have come into tough times. And because of that, we are going to make great times. So mm. without, it's like pressure builds diamonds, right? Without the system being so corrupt, 
I wouldn't be. Like I would be a teacher, a cog in the machine. And now I'm right. building an education system that I do believe is going to revolutionize the world. Right. And I know that's a bold statement, but I believe in what I do. And I see people like if there wasn't such draconian censorship, like someone like Torba wouldn't be building a free speech platform. Right. So to me, where I see the future going is I, I think it's so bright. I think even if like everyone gets worried about, oh, well, you know, what if the entire system collapses? What if the financial system collapses? Well, yeah, if you operate in that world, like if you're in a bunch of debt and you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, like, yeah, that might be hard on you. But if you realize that, you know, maybe the system's not so good, so I should grow my own food, right? Well, then what happens when the food system collapses? All of a sudden that mm. growing is worth a lot more money, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, trust your intuition, trust your instincts, put family first, stop keeping up with the Joneses, take extreme personal responsibility, get married, have children, homeschool your children, learn your rights, teach them their rights, start a side hustle, start building your own business, value community, do good business, like high trust business. And what you'll find is the future is so bright. And I don't just talk about this stuff like I'm a business owning homesteader with no debt, an amazing family. And like, I, I live this stuff. So the future is bright and don't ever let anyone tell you different. And I wish, I wish everyone could see the world from my perspective or a day in my shoes because they'd see how bright it is. Yeah. You can, you can still love the Joneses from afar, but let him do him, <laughs> let him do his life and get into debt. You know, that guy is in a million dollars in debt and has a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Uh, rich, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great answer. I love it. Uh, I think that is, I, I agree. I think, um, and I've seen that meme too. Uh, hard times makes, make good, or hard, hard times make weak people. I don't know what to do. Makes good people, you know, the cycle you should. Uh, <laughs> um, so last question, last question. And I want to definitely uh, clip this one. So you're standing in front of millions of people. You have only a few sentences to say that you want to leave for humanity. What do you say? A few sentences I want to leave for all of humanity. A few minutes. Let's say a few minutes that you can say whatever you want. Um, but yeah, you have to leave it at that. I would say that within every one of us is infinite potential. And within every child's creative mind, is infinite potential. And if we do what's right and we raise the next generation to be moral and we leave them with the tools of being capable, they will be able to take what's in their mind, in their creative imagination, with the skills that we've given them and start to produce that in the physical world, in physical reality. And we don't have to wait for anyone. We don't have to wait for Elon Musk or anyone else we can build a world that is a better place than humanity has ever experienced. And it just starts with the man in the mirror and making those little changes every day. Powerful. Love it. Man in the mirror. Hats off to Michael Jackson there for a second. 
Um, loved it, brother. Loved it. Loved it. I, that's powerful. I think that's important to remind everyone that you have literally have it all inside of you, all the power to create and manifest is inside. You know, of you. so many, so many Christians, they like wait for revelation and whatnot. And Jesus mm. Christ taught that we will do greater things than he ever did. He didn't ask his followers to sit around. He asked his followers to spread his light, to spread the Holy Spirit. And more people need to remember who they are, who we are. Because we are the children of God. We are special. Every person on this planet is. Every person on this earth is. And we can build the world that our children deserve. Love it. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Brett. Um, thank you so much for not only this time that you gave me here, but what you're doing. You're building a path for the next generation that is going to just, in my opinion, and it's not if, but when this thing is grabbed, a, a, is, when society grabs a hold of it, in my opinion, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the pivot that we needed for the next generation. So thank you. Thank you for that. Hey, Amen. Thanks. for Love it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, always remember, gamify your abundance and follow Brett on Instagram. It's uh, at Classical Learner. And also go to his west website, classicallearner.com. Get yourself educated and get your kids educated the right way. Right? Not the wrong way. Critical <laughs> right. fingers. There you go. There you go. All right. Have a great day, everyone. And we'll see you next time. All right, Otto.